Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leela McRae is with me as usual. And Leland, let's go ahead and jump in. There is some more high school football news here in the summer as Harrisonburg has their head coach, Josh Carrico, resign. And uh, he took over for that playoff game uh, that was all of a sudden a vacancy right before it. But um, then he coached seven games for the Harrisonburg Blue Streaks, only two of them. Uh, were playoff games, but still, two playoff games, seven games total. Two, two out of seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, two out of seven, and um, now Harrisonburg's looking for another coach. Yeah, and they just named Kyle Glenwater later in the day uh, today, uh, here on Tuesday, the interim football coach, so they're going with the interim title. He's a coach that's been around uh, the area for a little bit. He's coached the East Rock some. He's also... Um, I think he's been at Bridgewater. I, I, I think he was actually on the staff at JMU at one time too. So he's been around Harrisonburg, been around football. Um, so I think the fact that he's coached so many different places is probably, you know, good if he's needing to swing into a spot and, and run the show. You know, he's he's seen how it's done at a lot of different places, and maybe he'll be able to get that. You know, I mean, those those kids need a coach, and so uh, hopefully he can do a good job with them. I, I just don't know what happened with uh, Kearsall there. I. You know, it seemed like a great opportunity for him. He seemed really excited. I know the articles when he was named, um, you know, football, the head coach, you know, not just, you know, coach the playoff game for us. But I think that later that spring, they named him head coach. And he, then he, you know, COVID hit and <laughs> what he was laying in his lap. But so I hope whatever he's having to deal with, you know, is personal issues or family or something that he uh, needed to deal with. I hope it's nothing too severe, but um, obviously not his plan and, uh, so I feel sorry that he's had to give up head coaching responsibilities, but uh, also feel sorry for those kids that are, you know, they've made it to the playoffs a couple of years in a row there in Harrisonburg, and that's what they want to keep doing. And so having all this transition and three coaches and in nine games, basically, uh, it's going to be, it, it's just a lot of transition for these kids coming up through that. So hopefully they can transition well and, uh, you know, best of luck to them. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the, the hard part there for Harrisonburg is I know they don't want to be looking for another coach this soon, but uh, hopefully they're able to find the right fit, and uh, they do have that right fit now. And that's I know that's what they're hoping with Gillenwater, and um, we'll see what happens with the Harrisonburg Blue Streaks. I know they're in Class 5, and that's a way tougher classification than any of the schools uh, that the Shen- in the Shenandoah District have to deal with, but... Um, you know, I'm sure he's he's up for the task and he'll do his best here. And he's unfortunately got a short off season to figure it out. Yeah, he's coached to the next level, and Harrisonburg produces players for the next level. So hopefully, he can do a lot with them. East Rockingham, uh, Scott Turner has been announced as the football coach there. He was the offensive coordinator, and now he's the head coach at East Rock. So East Rock going to go ahead and stick with the same kind of program or stick inside the program for their hire. And I think that's probably a wise decision given just the amount of success that they've had. Yeah, I agree. Coach Turner there has done a, a great job with their offense. Uh, he became the offensive corner coordinator back in 2016. Well, from 2016 to 
uh, up until this year. This year, I, I'm just going to throw this year away for East Rock. I know everybody had to play with the same conditions. This was just a much different year for them. Uh, so I'm just kind of taking that out of the equation saying this. Uh, but that, that was the best stretch of offense that they've had, and they produced a lot of great quarterbacks and receivers and running backs out of there. Um, and, if, and he's been coordinating that. I think it's smart for them to stick with him. Uh, he's a Donnie Coleman guy. He played for Donnie Coleman um, when he was coming through high school and then coached for him since the school opened and since that staff was put together and, and rose up the ranks there. So, you know, this is another time he's being promoted within the program. I, I think it's smart, a smart hire. Um, you know, Cody Elliott, both these stories, Cody Elliott broke up there and for the DNR. And, you know, I think right when Coach Coleman announced that he was going to TA to back to TA to be the athletic director, he kind of mentioned Scott Turner. I, I saw a tweet where he mentioned, you know, keep your eyes on this guy. It, it seems like the natural fit. And sure enough, that's what they go with. So I, I think it has to, you know, if, if, if the media can spot that that early and know, you know, with their conversations with the, with the team and the athletic director and the, and the former head coach that you can see that that's a potential, it must be a pretty obvious uh, good choice for them. And, and hopefully it is. I, I've been really impressed with what East Rock has been able to do as a program, the 10 years they've existed. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't want to see that change for their sake. And uh, so I think Scott Turner just makes sense on paper. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, we'll wish both of them, obviously uh, our teams won't have to worry about them in districts. So we'll wish them both the best of luck in their postseason endeavors uh, for the football season yeah, as I mean, it rolls around. Our teams, you know, in there in class two, uh, they're in the same region uh, for, you know, Stanton. Well, or no, East no, Rock. Stanton's going up. I yeah. keep forgetting. It's only draft. Only draft has really got to worry about East Rock. Uh, but, yeah, it's it still best of luck to them, and, and we'll see what happens. And looking at the Valley League now, that's the other big local sport going on. Uh, we'll talk about the big news here in a second. But uh, as it – pertains to the local teams in Augusta County. Waynesboro at 16 and 17. They're a half game ahead of Stanton for third place. Uh, who Stanton in fourth place there at 16 and 18. They played last night in a game that was just just a bad game. <laughs> um, I, I, and I hope for both of those teams' sakes that it was just, you know, a perfect storm of, of bad baseball and then they're able to get it all out of the way there and able to turn it around here for the final two weeks because there was a moment last night where I was just sitting there thinking to myself, like, this is the worst game I've seen in the Valley league uh, by far. Um, and I haven't seen that from Stanton. I mean, Stanton was making errors that they don't normally make. Uh, the, the bullpen issues were worse than usual. Um, so, and Waynesboro was making plenty of errors. Um, their bullpen wasn't great. So it was just kind of an odd game. Um, so I'm hoping that's all it was, was just an odd game, and everybody's going to get back to normal later in the week on Thursday when Stanton's back in action. So Stanton is did not play uh, Tuesday, and that allows Leland and I to record on a normal time um, because Covington's season is over. Uh, Covington did have uh, at least one player test positive with COVID and then with the uh, contact tracing kind of ruled everybody else out and given the protocols, I mean, and the, just the lack of time left in the summer, their season is over. So the Covington lumberjacks season is over. They probably weren't a team that was going to be in the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's still a bummer for those kids. Cause I know they wanted to finish out. I'm sure. And play out the remaining uh, eight or so games that they had left on their schedule. 
Yeah, and they were six games back in the win column from all those other teams that we just mentioned, other, other than Charlottesville. So unlikely they were making the playoffs, like you said. Um, I, I, you know, I'll take satisfaction that I'm, I'm guaranteed the Braves make the playoffs now uh, because Covington's out. But they were probably going to earn that spot anyway. And I'm still looking. I mean, they can finish anywhere two, three, or you know, yeah, two, three, or four is still. Yeah, Stanton's got games against Harrisonburg still. Um, I don't know what they're going to do about those games against Covington, if those are wins or not played. If they're not played, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, because that was, I think, three of their remaining games were Covington. Um, they have three against Harrisonburg, and I think they have one more against Waynesboro still. Um, mm. And then they have a game against Charlottesville that's on Thursday. So... It'll be interesting to see there. Uh, Charlottesville is going to be a tough game, but they've—they I think they've won the last three games against Charlottesville, so they've actually kind of done well there. Um, but Harrisonburg is going to be games you need to win if you want that third or second spot because you just need to win yep. those games because that's the team you play the most now. Um, I, I will say they swept Winchester in a doubleheader, um, and Winchester is a team that I still think they'll make the playoffs even though Front Royal is – played three more games and I mean, Winchester would have to lose the three extra games uh, to not to even tie front Royal for the final playoffs. But I just don't think that's going to happen. So I think the Royals will be in, they've got a good hitter in Buhlman, um, but, and they've got a uh, Furman was an all-star and he's a good hitter as well. But for Winchester, it was just kind of odd. Um, outside of those one or two bats they had that were really good. I didn't see a lot out of them that scared me. Stanton swept that doubleheader pretty easily, I thought. And when you look at how they've done in the North, Strasburg and Woodstock both swept Stanton, but that's kind of expected. Uh, Stanton sweeps Newmarket. They sweep Winchester. They sweep Front Royal. They split with Percival, and that should have been a sweep. Um, but it's a pretty good interleague record. Obviously, Stanton won't face another North team unless it's a championship and it's probably going to be Strasburg or Woodstock. But um, I think for Stanton, it's just a question of can they take care of business against Harrisonburg and, and maybe get up to that third or even second spot and avoid Charlottesville in the first round. Yeah. I, I think avoiding Charlottesville is definitely what you want to do because they've been one of the best teams in the Valley league the last couple of years. So, you know, you, you want to avoid them for as long as you can. And that means not facing them in the first round. Then, then you're probably gonna have to face them and it's, you know, <laughs> do or die time, but you know, winning a playoff series would be a happy part of this season for the Stanton Braves. They've had their ups and downs and I think probably more downs than, than where you think they're a real contender. I think, you know, those, the Woodstock and Strasburg and Charlottesville teams have stood out all season. So, you know, if they could, if they could get into a second round, I'll be, I'll be satisfied. Um, but you know, you never know. You got to play it out on the field. You don't know what players leave. You don't know what's going to happen with the other guys. So get out there and see what happens. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be imperative for them to do well though. in those remaining games, obviously, and I mean, you can't be messing around and losing a bunch of games. That's for sure. So I would assume those Covington games will just be no contest. I, that's what I think, I, too. I, would, I don't think they're going to be yeah. wins or losses. Unfortunately, with I think it was three, but maybe it was only two games remaining, that's two less games you have to catch a Harrisonburg or Waynesboro. So, and I think those would have been wins. Uh, Covington, 
hadn't really given Stanton any trouble. Um, the All-Star break is happening now in Major League Baseball. Uh, I didn't get to watch the home run derby because I was calling that Waynesboro-Stanton game. But Trey Mancini didn't let me down. He got into the final. Uh, he did really well, uh, which was awesome. And unfortunately, Pete Alonso just, um, you know, hates good stories. So he had to be selfish and win the <laughs> home run derby again. And I know you're saying that as a joke. I seriously read tweets last night where, like, the one person was a kid while Alonzo was batting apparently tore his ACL out in the field. Like, a, a little kid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. They're like, he's, like, limping off with people. And it's like, okay, but he has no idea that happened. And so, like, but the person tweeting like, a kid just tears his ACL. You're beating a guy that fought cancer. You know, Pete Alonzo is terrible. And, like, I think they were serious. And I was like, all right, what? What's he supposed to do? Not I don't think like, he's. I don't think that was serious. I saw the same tweet. I, I don't liked know. They it. They were like, they were barking back at people. So I, I don't know. Maybe they were having a really fun time and being smart butt. But I don't know. It, it was enjoyable to watch last night. Uh, they modified the rules again just a little bit. Uh, they took a minute off the clock, but they didn't have to wait for the baseball to hit the uh, to land before the next pitch came. So it kind of made that gray area where like Bryce Harper kind of probably cheated a couple years ago, uh, took that out of the window. Uh, so it was quick paced action. I thought it was a little tough to watch cause you had a split screen the whole time. So you could see when the batter was swinging and they're following baseballs. I, I still think they need to maybe massage that a little bit. Um, I don't know what the perfect answer is. I just, I just know it was a little ADD TV watching it. Um, but overall there was, there was a lot of big moments, uh, people close competitions, especially in the first round where people were one away from beating the other guy and not getting it. And other people just barely passing. So that was fun to watch Alonzo repeating. I think it's a fun, you know, little story to it for the home run derby fan. You know, like I'm a Griffey fan, so he won three and he, he won a back to back. So him kind of joining that club with uh Cepedis there like it's interesting and and Dan Hansen who was on the podcast he he's a big Mets fan so he was happy and it was I don't know it was fun it was an enjoyable night I like the home run derby and if you don't like the home run derby you're not gonna like that but I I always watch that and the all-star game and I've enjoyed what I've seen yeah I don't know for me it was kind of just whatever I didn't get to watch it but it, it did seem like it went by quicker so <laughs> I didn't watch it but I don't like it I, no, I mean, I, I am the kind of person you're talking about, though, and, like, the Home Run Derby's not yeah. necessarily for me. I, I could – if the Home Run Derby went away, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. Like, I, I just don't get up. I don't get up for all, MLB All-Star Week. Like, I think it's dumb. So, um, I, I give I the like players it. off I think it's the, the week or whatever, but it's dumb. Um, you have so many players that are saying, oh, I'm not going to play in the All-Star game. And I mean, the entire Houston Astros said they're not playing the All-Star game. So – um, and there's other players too that opted out. So I just, I, I'm not here for whatever this, this is uh, just give the players five days off and then play games again. I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> I was just too, I mean, there's so much money surrounding this thing that will never happen. So, well, at least when baseball dies, it won't be a thing. So. I mean, they'll do that to themselves. I mean, they still play the Pro Bowl, which is an actual joke of a collection of people and activity. Like, it, 
is terrible and they still do it because of the money. So like baseball, I feel is the best of the all-star games. Like you see the closest to what the actual sport is because basketball is terrible. NFL is even worse for their all-star games. So like, I, I don't know. I like it. I like seeing all the stars in one place. I like seeing the celebration of people. I like baseball does, you know, honoring, uh, former players and, and, and like this weekend has been a lot about Hank Aaron cause he passed during the off season. So during the home run derby, all the players were wearing 44 before the all-star game here tonight, they had his wife out on the field and they had a big lawn, uh, Hank Aaron, um, you know, salute to him. So it, I, baseball does that kind of stuff, right. And this kind of gives it the stage for it. You know, I, I, I rather, I like the game. I like watching it. I'm always interested I like that it doesn't mean anything. Like, I, I didn't like it when C-League made it decide home field advantage in the World Series. I did not like that. Um, I, I just take it as an exhibition and move on. Like, I, I don't know. It's fun to see all those stars in one place and see them interact with each other. And I don't know. I, I like it. No, it's dumb. Right? I, if you want to have an exhibition, have the all-star thing be at the end and just have the exhibition at the end of the year. I don't need it in the middle of the year. I don't need a home run derby. I don't need any of it. I think it's a waste of everyone's time. I don't remember the last time well, I watched uh, the All-Star I mean, a lot game. of people like it, and a lot of people tune in, and that's why it's going to continue to exist. I don't remember the last time I watched the All-Star game. Well, fewer people tune in watching. every year because fewer people are watching baseball every year. So, I mean, eventually it's not going to be a thing. If baseball doesn't, like, exist and then they'll yeah they'll get rid of it <laughs> major league baseball might die before the nfl just because major league baseball is totally inept at running itself i just i i always think baseball like has an opportunity if if the nfl really does fall off where you know the safety factors of watching the game and the violence of the game really do take down the nfl i could just see you know those ath- athletes that would have probably played football you know, if they focus on baseball and this takes time to, you know, young kids choose baseball instead of football and come up, you know, like it takes time for this transition to happen. It doesn't happen overnight. I could just see baseball, you know, having an opportunity to take advantage of that. But you're 100 percent right that the decision makers and everybody do everything they can to seem to kill that. I mean, they, they want to kill the fun as much as possible. Um, so they're, they're going to have to, you know they're cutting off their nose, spite their face really. And so they need to recognize that, correct what they're doing. So they, they are a more fun and exciting game. And, uh, I, you know, they, they're going to have to do it to, to make me believe it's going to happen, but I'm not going to believe it's happening until it's happening. Even if like the safety aspect comes for football, I trust the people in the NFL to adapt to that and still keep the NFL going versus major league baseball, who is, has had the technology to fix what are just terrible, terrible umpires that get to keep their jobs because they're just totally inept. They've had the technology to replace these at a much higher success rate, and they don't because, oh, well, the human element's part of the game. Oh, failure is part of what we do here at Major League Baseball, and we excel at nothing more than we excel at failure. So we're going to keep doing it, and we're going to get rid of a bunch of minor league teams so people can't have access to baseball cheaply, and they've got to drive hours maybe to go see a baseball game. Yeah, to consolidate the game instead of grow it. I, I agree, and I'm going to talk more about football here because I don't, I don't really disagree with anything you said about the baseball side. 
the football side, I agree with you that football will try anything they can to adjust on the fly and, and do what they got to do to make, you know, to hold on to their, you know, spot at the top of the table. My worry is you take <laughs> the safer you make it, you take away the violence, you take away the hard hits and all that. I think that's the country we live in. I think that's the society we live in is that people want to see that danger. And so when you take that away, even if you modify the, uh, if you're modifying the game to take away the violence, I think you're going to lose viewers that way. Um, just like NASCAR, NASCAR's gotten safer and safer and losing viewers. Uh, you know, there's less crashes. There's less, uh, you know, fighting in the pits. There's less, I, I don't know. I just like, I think the safer NASCAR gets, the less people watch, you know, uh, NASCAR is you also down. very aimed at one demographic in one part of the country. It's very regional. And they tried like heck not to be. I mean, they've tried like heck they've to tried. Go but to, I mean, that's it is what it is. It's regional. It's regional. It is what it is. And. I know they're trying to not be regional. I know they're trying to expand and all that. But at the end of the day, it's it's cars going in a circle for four hours. And that's not the most exciting thing in the world for or three hours or whatever it is for someone to sit and watch on TV. The, the NFL is having a hard time having people sit down and watch a whole game like I, And if yeah, that's I mean, football's I've, I've problem, like plenty of people. <laughs> I've listened to plenty of people make the argument about NASCAR that I'm repeating here, um, that the safer that sport's gotten, the less people have watched. If you look at ratings numbers, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things. I, th- I think they're having trouble building stars too. I mean, yeah, I was you used say, to have the biggest star died the at day, stars the Daytona 500. And now they need the Bush brothers to race into their 40. You know, they need, they need these names to last longer and not have Dale jr. Retire when he's 38, you know, like that, that that hurts them as well, but I I'm afraid for the NFL. The safer it gets, the less people are going to watch, and that's and that's why I hope it. it, it I, and I love baseball, so I'm I'm hoping baseball can take that on. But without the changes like you mentioned and innovative thinking that you mentioned, it, it's going to be hard for that to be the case. I mean, this is the same same group of people though that are like oh pitchers hitting is so cool i love watching a guy strike out a hundred times but the one time he hits a home run is so much fun no it's not no it's not he comes up three four times a game gets k'd three or four times a game it's not exciting and you know what baseball you need less games you need less games 162 games is too many for a person to sit down and be invested the whole time and you know what else you need you need less teams I know they don't want to hear that. They want to expand, not contract. There's not enough quality Major League Baseball players for 30 MLB teams. There's just not. I look at the Baltimore Orioles roster. I look at the Pittsburgh Pirates roster. I don't know about the Pirates specifically, but I know the Orioles. The Orioles have maybe 10 Major Leaguers on a roster of 25. It's got a bunch of 4A players on it. Just not too good for AAA, not good enough for the big leagues. And I'm sure the Pirates are in the same boat because they're garbage year in, year out, too. I wonder, as we see, you know, the star of this All-Star weekend, Shohei Otani, coming from the Angels, you know, we see him playing 
both sides of the ball. You know, he's pitching, he's hitting well, he's doing things that never been done in baseball. People try to compare him to Babe Ruth. It's so far beyond what Babe Ruth ever did. Like it's, 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 he's doing something that has never happened against great competition, you know, except for when he plays the Orioles and only, you know, there's only 15 major league players there. But, uh, it, I, I wonder saying out loud as you, if you do get athletes not playing football because they choose to, or their parents choose to not put them in football because of the danger. And you get some of these dynamic athletes that we've seen in the NFL. Like we've, I mean, there has been some crazy great athletes. I just wonder you take some of those. If you get some more athletes focusing in baseball, you see what Shohei Otani and whoever does it next, maybe not as good as him, but whoever tries to play both ways and is somewhat successful. And if you breed more of that, that can make it a lot more exciting. Um, I, I'm interested to see how this game changes. And I think Shohei Otani is, is paving a way of like, wow, someone can do this. Someone can legitimately pitch and hit throughout a season. I, I, I'm interested to see how this develops the game. Maybe, but I, mean, I Steph think Curry. See, you're talking about Steph Curry. Threes. I think basketball is going to be, I think basketball gets more of those players. Soccer is a growing sport and popularity. I think soccer would benefit if football disappeared. I think soccer gets way more than baseball does. Maybe. I, I think even still in the areas, you know, the South produces a lot of, of these NFL players that we have. I mean, the SEC c- continually puts the most players in football, and they are generally from Florida, Texas, Georgia, um, and then California. I think baseball is still more popular in those areas to where, uh, I, I don't know. Soccer has continually had an uphill battle of gaining popularity. You know, when I was a kid playing soccer in 1990, you know, it was the next you know sport of the future, which you say now. And like, I mean, it's gained some, but it's it's not where where people thought it would be back in the early 90s when we host the World Cup in 94. Everybody's like, oh, this is the next major sport, and we're going to have the MLS get started, and and we've all seen what that's done. So I, I it's it's just still. Uphill battle. I, I'm not saying it I can think the difference, get better and better. It can. I think but the difference in the areas that these NFL players are coming from, it's not more popular than baseball now. No, nah, I think you're wrong. Because I think the difference between now and 94 is Americans are watching the European leagues more. They understand that we don't have the best league. It's different. In other sports, we have the best league. The best players in the world come to America if they want to play in a sport. Soccer, that's not the case. If you're playing in the MLS, you're a professional, but you're not as good as players in Europe. So that's where you go. And the Americans have started to embrace those leagues. Those leagues are getting better and better TV deals here in America. So I think that's only going to help. The Euros was big in America. U.S. doesn't play in that tournament. I was more excited about the Euros than I was the Gold Cup, which the U.S. is in. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, it's gonna, it, nothing. None of this will be decided in the next, you know, year or two. No, neither of us can be proven right. This is going to be decades of how how sports change and how people's interests change. I do say football. You know, football has the most sports that play at their legitimate high school, or you know, go to a public high school and play their sport, and that's where they're seen to move on to the next level. Basketball is so based in AAU. Soccer is so based in travel teams. Both of those things mean a lot of money. So I'm just, I'm, I'm interested to see where these, where these kids that play football that, you know, 
sure football is an expensive sport, but it's they go to their they go to a public high school, the high majority of them. I'm just wondering how that kid, where they filter into. And I think, you know, baseball <laughs> is another sport where they do play a lot of high school baseball at their own school. But, you know, I think there's more academies than football or something like that. But I just it's going to be interesting how this filters out if football does take it that we assume it will at some point. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's I, taking a hit. I guess my argument to that would be there's Legion, there's AAU in baseball, there's all kinds of travel yeah, leagues and travel showcase teams. I mean, this, I just these summer leagues. Those kids filter too. Yeah, these summer leagues. I mean, like the Valley League, that's baseball. Like, so I, I think, I just think the other leagues would then just change how they recruit. I think that's what it would be. It would help basketball if they would change how the AAU system. I don't like the AAU system. Yeah, I that think that's system. bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Speaking of basketball, let's go ahead and talk about the NBA. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, they're up 2-1. to one. Won both games in Phoenix fairly convincingly. Milwaukee won game three in Milwaukee fairly convincingly. So we'll see how game four goes. Uh, I, it's hard to get a read because Milwaukee looks so good in game three. Uh, but I, I'd say, unfortunately, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this, and I haven't been able to watch much of it other than the game that you and I ended up watching together Sunday a little bit, but I wasn't really plugged into the game. Um, It's hard. I I like that it's not the same teams, but it's hard to get invested when it's like Chris Paul, Devin Booker versus Giannis and Chris Middleton. Yeah, I, 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 you know, the NBA, the the front office at the NBA, uh, they, they, are agreeing with you. You know, they wish they had a LeBron or a, or a Warriors dynasty, Steph Curry. And I mean, they have Giannis. Giannis is a two-time MVP and that's, and that's what they're kind of resting on. When he's down 0-2, I think NBA front office is sweating and it, and it goes right into what you're saying. Um, yeah. I mean, I think my optimism for liking this was trying to make the best of what we had, you know, and I, I had grown a, a weary, just, just, just like I've grown weary of, whether whatever my feelings on the college football playoff is, I've grown weary of watching Alabama and Clemson every year too. You know, like I would like to see at least a fourth or fifth team kind of bash into that and, and not just have those two teams be the top two team every single year. Um, but I, you know, I, I was interested to see what it would be. I, I like the vibe in Phoenix and the fans. I don't know. I was trying to, I, I, I see both sides of it. I was trying to like this year. I guess I was a little bit arguing against you because it all started with playoff talk and, and you being, well, the Lakers are just going to turn it on. So I think I've been a little um, just trying to pick a fight about it too. But I don't know. I, I thought the game so far have been interesting. I've watched the later part of the first two games. Sunday I watched – I mean, the game was on the whole time. Um, that was the most of any finals game I've watched probably in a couple of years. So I don't know. It, it'll be fun. It's cool to see a different name. I mean, it would – LeBron or Steph Curry had been in the last 10 finals and this year has none of that. So it is something to get used to. Um, but you never know. I mean, Giannis could be in a bunch of the ones coming up. I mean, he is that type of talent. If they, you know, now that they made a finals, if they can pick up some kind of free agent or something there, maybe I, I don't see Phoenix necessarily being this, but I think Booker's a great star. So 
Um, it'll just be interesting to see how they, they bash. But like I've said the last three weeks, this this is the oddity year. I mean, we're going to go back to seeing some kind of dynasty team. And maybe it's – I don't think it's either one of these. But I, I it's going to be interesting to see how we go forward. If it is the Warriors coming back, which I would give that the highest chance to, um, especially because they have high draft pick this year, I just wonder – if it is another team that starts a dynasty going forward or something like that, is it the nets that have Durant and Irving and, and um, him, do they make a run for, you know, four or five years here? And, and that'll, that'll what we'll see in the future, but it, somebody else is going to win a championship this year than what we've seen in the last 10. Well, USA basketball, like I told you, is not going to win a gold <laughs> medal. Um, they lost to Nigeria and Australia in their two warm-ups. They did beat Argentina today, so at least they got a win. Um, but Ooh. I just – man, the Nigeria loss, and I know people are saying, oh, it's an exhibition, it doesn't mean anything. But the, the United States cannot lose to Nigerian basketball. It just can't happen. No. Absolutely not. It can't. It, it's just – there's no excuse for it with the history we have against that team. Uh, it just can't happen. We're all, we're on a different playing level than that team. Even after the loss, I, I still leave that. We have so much more talent. I, I just don't get I have a lot of respect for Popovich and his comments following these games. And, and, and even after their loss to Australia and he's like, well, I think we got better tonight. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't believe they're going to be able to turn a switch the same way. I didn't think the Lakers could turn it on for the playoffs. I don't think USA basketball can just flip a switch and start beating everybody by 50. Like they're going to be in dog fights and that's going to be, it's not going to be what we're used to. I mean, it's, I, I have no facts to back up my hope that they'll win the gold. I I'm just hoping they win gold. Like I hope every USA, USA athlete goes out there and wins gold. I just, I, I have no confidence in that. Yeah. I mean, it's, do they have the talent on that roster to win gold? Yeah, they do. Um, yes, but, but they're not playing well, and that's the problem. I mean, you lose to Nigeria, you lose to Australia, and yes, you beat Argentina today, and maybe this is the sign. They're playing Australia again on Friday. It's going to be a big game to see where exactly they're going. Um, but to me, when you lose to Nigeria, a team you beat by 83 points in the previous Olympics, um, you lose to Australia, who is better than Nigeria, but you lose to Australia, it, to me – I just don't like it. I don't like the excuses, you know, oh, well, we, we just met, you know, we haven't really practiced. I don't care. You're Team USA. Like, you're just better, period. You walk on the floor, and you wipe the floor with your opponent, and then you're done. And that's That's, that's the excuse it. for the game to be closer than you expect, not to lose. Yeah, and I was talking to a friend, and I think he hit the nail right on the head. The problem with Team USA losing to Nigeria isn't that the game – it's not like, oh, it was an Olympic loss for Team USA, because it wasn't. It was an exhibition, and that's not the big deal in them losing. The big deal in them losing is it shows everyone this team is beatable. They're not going to walk on the floor and be like, oh, it's the U.S. Uh, how are we going to win? Yeah. They're going to look. They're going to. I tell you what Australia said when they played. Nigeria beat them. Why can't we? And they did. And I mean, so Australia's that's going to be every team you I mean, play Australia's... in the Olympics. What are you going to do when you play Luka and Slovenia, who are in their first Olympics ever, and now they're not scared of Team USA? They're going to walk on that floor but and Australia's be like, Australia's a good team. They're going to be like, ah, oh, whatever. We can beat them. And, and to me, and I heard this guy on ESPN radio for like the 
one minute it took to switch over to my Spotify. And I immediately in that minute was just like screaming at my car, like switch, switch, switch. Because I was so tired of hearing, I don't even know who it was that was talking, but he's like, you know, I'm glad these other countries are catching up to us because I kind of got bored with winning the gold every year. And I was oh, like, come on. you know that's what? The, that's the Hokie fans bitching about going to the Orange Bowl every year. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let's put you Love in a it. USA rocket and shoot you to the sun. How about that? Then you don't have to watch us win gold anymore. That is literally the dumbest thing. I hate when people do that. Oh, I'm tired of winning. Cool. Well, then don't watch sports. Loser. God. Yeah, I can't, can't <laughs> disagree with that any more than, than I do. In the NHL, we had uh, America beat Canada again, which was great. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning getting that gentleman's sweep of the Montreal Canadiens. Four to one. Uh, it's easy to win when you're 18 million over the cap, but that's what they did. It was within the <laughs> rules. So the NHL there just needs go. to change that's the rules. I, I mean, you can hate them, but you can't say it didn't count or so. You can't apply. Like, oh no, it's within the rules. It's, the NHL just needs yeah. to change the rules. Yeah, I mean, I hate the Yankees because of the same thing. But like, I mean, the Cubs were over the cap the year they won it, and I don't exactly hate the Cubs. So I'm, it, if it's in the rules, it's in the rules. So. Uh, really quickly, Virginia Tech football did get a big recruit in Ramon Brown, a uh, four-star running back, um, which is great for Virginia Tech. Unfortunately, they celebrate that by two or three players entering the portal, like, within days of that news. So, Two of them freshmen. Yeah, I just – I don't know what to – I'm just ready for yeah. football season to get here and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I – I the recruit – the in-state recruit is why I put on the thing. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of North Carolina to VA and Texas to VA out of this out of this staff. A lot of their recruiting, you know, reaching other states, which is not bad. I mean, yeah, Texas produces great football players. Let's go get some of their good ones. North Carolina, let's go get some of their great players, which we have done. Beamer era and Fuente era. Um, but your backbone of your football team has got to be your in-state recruits. And seeing some good guys in the state coming to us is, is always a good thing. So I was, I'm happy to see that. That's a, that's a good sign to have that kind of talent on the roster from in state. Um, you hope that we don't get a transfer from this in state kid, but we've had other in state kids transfer, but um, yeah, I, I it was a little bit of good recruiting news. So I at least want to acknowledge it because we're so quick to slam Fuente for everything negative. I might as well acknowledge when we get a good running back, um, he was what out of uh, so he had a Hanover, no, um, he's out of Richmond. We got a couple out of out of Richmond re- recently, so we'll it doesn't him. matter. He's not going to use them. He won't tie his <laughs> shoes right or some other dumb reason. We won't put him on the field. We'll put in a guy that averages one and a half yards and somehow runs into the lineman every play and fumbles three times. He a dropped game the ball because, when he went out of bounds. Yeah, so he fumbles the we ball. We gotta take him out because he's a fumbler. Yeah, well the, well but then we'll put in another guy who fumbles or doesn't get any yardage and then we'll celebrate, you know, how hard of a worker he is in practice and he's such a great guy. You're leaving your quarterback mentality. that just throws it to the other team every single play. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag hard hat mentality <laughs> while we're getting clubbed over the head. I'll tell you what, Thank we better have hard hat mentality because I'm telling you, I'm tired of getting <laughs> just drubbed. We're gonna get drubbed in the first game. I love these VT fans that are like, oh, we're going to take out North Carolina. I'm like, cool, man. I wish I had that kind of confidence. Unfortunately, I've just seen this show too many times. 
I, I mean, I hope we win, but it's there's like like USA basketball. I don't I don't know what facts are there to back up what I'm hoping for. Like I'm just blind. Hope, I have more faith hope. in USA basketball winning gold than I do Virginia Tech beating UNC. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a program that has won, what, all the gold medals except for one in the last Since 30 92. years? Like, yeah. yeah, they lost one. They brought bronze one time, and every other time it's been gold. So, like, they've produced. They've produced with good athletes, with the system that they have, with NBA players coming together in the summer and playing, even though they haven't played together all the time, and they produced gold a lot of times. So, yeah, I would have more confidence in USA turning on a switch than that, even though I, there's nothing backing that up. I, I would have more faith in that than – that us beating UNC, I don't. I guess I was probably looking at like us being awesome this year or something. I, I yeah, yeah. I mean, UNC's good. So, yeah. sucks. I'm not used to this, man. I, I just, I hate the way I feel about Virginia Tech football right now because I, I want us to be good. I always want us to be good, but I want Fuente gone, and you can't have both. You can't have us be great this year and Fuente leave. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it for the A block. Uh, we'll skip the B block and we'll head straight to the D. All right, Leland, let's get ready for the D block. I'm going to go first this week just to switch it up. Um, I want to talk about what has been dominating my life outside of the Valley Baseball League. It's been the Euros. We ended up watching the Euro final together because I got tired of looking at water in my floor from my refrigerator. Um, so for me, I thought it was interesting. Mechanical failure is what yes, drove you to mechanical my, failure. My presence. <laughs> but um, that Euro final was fantastic. It was a great tournament, and it ended up being a great final because in that game or in that match, you saw England score right out the gate. Two minutes in, fastest goal in Euro final history. And it's in England. So that place is buzzing. They're loving it there in London. But then Italy scores in the second half to equalize, 1-1, goes all the way to penalties. England gets the first save. But then the last three takers for England all miss and it was heartbreaking for them um, sadly that has led to racist uh, hate filled death threats for those three players because they're all black and you know people can't handle nice things um, or sport over there apparently so um, it was sad over to there. see that I, I, we're not any better over here but um, I, I will say it was a fantastic final. And I'll say this. England is a team that is so loaded. But I was having a conversation with somebody else. I don't – because he was like, well, they're so young. They, they could still win one. And I was like, you're never going to have a home match like that, though. A and they couldn't win it at home. So to me, I don't know if they ever win a World Cup or a Euro because that was there in England and they couldn't close it out with a goal lead. I mean, ever is a... Well, with that core, with that there. core, with that core. Okay, 
Yeah, I mean, they have their history of, of getting close and failing and, and, you know, the penalty kicks eating them up. So, yeah, maybe so. It's, yeah, I, I mean, I've chose, I was cheering for Italy just to be the opposite of you and, and do what we normally do on this podcast, except with no one listening, except for my annoyed wife. And, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it was a great game. It was a great game. England scored early there, and then when Italy scored, I was happy because I just didn't want it to be a one nothing game for 90 minutes or you know 80 minutes because they scored so early so it was fun uh the penalty kicks are always great i i heard a lot of debate today and it was mostly on the tony kornheiser podcast talking or it was yesterday but uh debating like ending the soccer games with penalty kick i just until i hear of like another option i i don't see what's wrong with the penalty kicks they've been around for a long time now i i just i like, I, what's your view as a actual soccer fan? Like, you got to end the game sometime. You can't run forever. I mean, he, I think Tony said something about, like, you know, pulling guys off the field. I guess you go nine on nine or something or so, uh, some versions of that. I don't know. Just the, the kicks are fine. Yeah. For me, it's it's the least worst solution. Um and so, yeah, penalty kicks is kind of not very representative of the sport. But uh, you can't have guys running, like, that kind of distance back and forth and back and forth until a goal is scored. It's just – it's at a certain point, you're going to get people hurt, and it's going to be bad. So uh, I heard also uh, some soccer people try to come up with other ideas and – at the end of it, they're just like, so we're sticking with this. Because the other yeah. ideas they threw out, they just, they just didn't make sense. The one that was the closest to me was like, maybe you allow them to sub people back on and kind of do like line changes instead of just subs. And, and when they need a break, you can kind of line change or whatever. Um, but like, open sub after two yeah, other times or, or something. something like that. Um, but I don't think they're ever going to do that. So um, I, I think the only thing you could do is maybe back up where they're taking the penalty from to make it harder to score or uh, do what the MLS used to do, which is each player was, I think, 30 feet from the ball and referee blows his whistle and it's a dead sprint to the ball and good <laughs> luck. I mean, now like the excess kickoff yeah the reason <laughs> the reason they stopped doing that was people got hurt uh so yeah it's probably another reason not to do that but um yeah i just i, I think they're gonna stick with it because it's the it's the best uh of a bunch of bad options so it, i will say it's Our, exciting so yeah i mean it's drama and i mean that's what we're here for is entertainment like I, I I guess that's where I got back to with that argument of like it doesn't represent it's exciting and that's what everybody except for the people on the field are there for is to watch and be entertained. Everybody else it's their you know their job and their livelihood and all that at that level. Um, and everybody else wants to be entertained and that's why these sports make so much money and there's and such a big deal about it. It's the money and the entertainment factor. It's it's not the very big details of the sport. And so I, I think it's, I don't, I don't expect it to 
change. I just wondered what your view was. Yeah, and I, I think um, I don't think it'll change. I, I will say, I know in the Olympics, like the NHL, I, I guess I'm the opposite because you watch those players play, and by the time they get to like a third overtime in the playoffs, it's it's pretty bad hockey that you're watching. I mean, you're just watching guys that are totally dead on skates just pray that one of them gets a breakaway and then still has enough energy to shoot it past a goalie to win. Um, but in the Olympics, they do a shootout after the overtime. And I remember when we played Russia in Russia, in Sochi for that shootout. And then uh, it was Oshi that was scoring all those goals for us that helped us beat him. That was exciting. I was on the edge of my seat watching that hockey game in a shootout against Russia. And if team USA was ever in a huge, huge shootout, like I would be edge of my seat watching that. Um, even Sunday, I was edge of my seat cause I wanted England to win. Uh, we excited. Yeah. Um, and, and you are, you're living with every kick and that's exciting. So it's, it's like overtime hockey in that sense. So, you know, I know I talked about it during the Stanley cup playoff when the caps were in it and all those first round matchups were going into overtime. It felt like um, living and dying with each shot because when your team's shooting it, you're like, Oh, this might be the one. And when the other team is shooting it, you're like, Oh, please don't let this go in. And then when it goes in, when you're a caps fan and it goes in, you just sit there and stare at the TV and then you look at your clock and then you stare back at the TV. And then you remember that you've got to go to work the next day and you question everything (laughs) that led you to being a Washington Capitals fan. <laughs> Those late nights will get you. All right, what uh, has dominated my life? We have seasons wrapping up. I mean, there's there's always seasons wrapping up, but the Stanley Cup just got given out, and I think we both agree that's the coolest trophy. That's the sport, and I watch it very little. I watch some playoffs. I don't watch the regular season. I don't think about hockey outside of it being on in front of me. But that is the that big old cup and. And the way they present it to the players and, and holding it above, but then there, you see them out on the town with it. It's, it's the coolest trophy. I, I think we agree. But I went and found, like, a, you know, what are the coolest trophies out there? I wanted to see what was online. I found one list that was interesting. I, I'm not saying I agree with everything. It has the Stanley Cup one, the Heisman Trophy two, mm. something called DFB Polka. It's the German Football Association yeah, trophy, and it the, looks cool. For the That one's yeah. third. Uh, the Vince Lombardi trophy for the NFL fourth, the Premier League trophy for the EPC fifth, the Larry Bryan trophy for the NBA sixth, the uh, Claret Jug for the uh, Open Championship, the, the British Open, that's the seventh. Wimbledon, that big plate, is the number eight. Hmm. Uh, the Commissioner's Trophy for League Baseball, nine, and the Great Cup for the CFLs, ten. What jumps out at you on that list, or what, what's missing? The Wimbledon plate, I didn't think about it, but yeah, I was watching a little bit of Wimbledon and um, it was exciting seeing him hand out that plate. I mean, it was, I like Wimbledon though. Like, I think I like Wimbledon more than I do any other tennis tournament. And maybe it's because it's on, like when I get up in the morning and I'm like still in that phase where I like, I don't really know what I want to do yet. And Wimbledon's on. So I'm like, I guess I'm watching Wimbledon. Um, That's one Sunday a year you get, you get lulled into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's part of it, but it's, um, it's a pretty cool trophy. 
Uh, I will say I agree. Uh, I, maybe I would switch the World Series and the Larry O'Brien, but I think that's because I just like baseball more than I do the NBA. I don't think the Larry O'Brien yeah. trophy is that cool. Um, where did they have the World Cup trophy? Or did they not? It's not all ten. It, it, it's, that's interesting. It's off the list. That's interesting. Um, it is a like tiny, tiny trophy for such a yeah. prized possession in in the world of like that's the biggest tournament in the world. Uh, it is a tiny, tiny trophy. Um, and I guess it it's hard to categorize the medals, but I'd put a gold medal up there. I think that's yes, a great that's trophy. I'm- yeah. I know each one's a little different, that's... but yeah, that's the one that's, I think, missing for me that I would put on that list. And why is I the great the cup Heisman on there? Trophy. Who cares? Yeah, I, I don't know. The Heisman Trophy surprised me because that's like an individual award in a team sport. And that, I guess, surprised me. But that is like, I, I kind of like, I, I think initially I was like, really? And then I thought about it. I was like, that, that trophy, if that's sitting up... Of all of, of, of like trophies, if you have them sitting up on your mantle or something, like that's is a freaking stick trophy. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so like I get why it's high on the list. It just I guess it surprised me when reading through all these other ones and I, I didn't see just the whole list. Uh I was going, you know, on a normal website, you know, one by one going down. And so I I did a double take and I, I don't disagree. Um I didn't know what the German football association think it looked um I think whoever made that list probably watched a little soccer. So, <laughs> yeah, um, well, they put like, the EPL trophy. The EPL trophy is cool. Um, but um, uh, you know what? Another one that just popped in my head, and I would take out the open one for it. The green jacket. That's a trophy. Yeah, it is. I'd put the green jacket that's on cool. there. That's I true. think that is cool. I think that's awesome. My brother and I have always joked that we're going to do like we're going to go to like some mini golf course and we're going to like <laughs> just, you know, this was when we were younger and we thought we were going to be, you know, rich and famous and be able to afford to do stupid <laughs> things like this. But we would have a golf tournament and then the other people would have to chip in and buy the winner a green jacket to give to give them after they won the, the trophy. <laughs> Pretty good. I think I like that. I like the green jacket. The, the the gold medal get thrown in there. I agree with the green jacket. I hadn't thought of. So that's that's pretty cool. I think some of there's old game trophies out there that we're not thinking about. I'm not saying the college football playoff or something. I'm, no. not, I'm not going there. But what reminded me of the bowl game trophies was thinking about those Wisconsin players breaking that Duke's mayonnaise uh, trophy a couple years ago in the locker room post game. I thought that was hilarious. And it was a crazy looking trophy. I'm not saying that to be on the list, but there's bowl game trophies out there, probably rivalry uh, trophies. Like, I mean, doesn't Wisconsin and like Iowa play for soda play for like an axe or something? Like, cool trophies out there that probably we need viewer support to help us, like, remind us of some of these cool trophies for bowl games, for rivalries, even things we're not even thinking of. So that's where I'm calling out to listeners, you know, clue us in on some cool trophies that we're not thinking about. We can talk about this before this summer. Um, but, yeah, uh, that, you, have, uh, you know, also just not too long ago, Tom Brady throwing the, the um, Vince Lombardi trophy and everybody having a reaction to that. See, uh, I think the that trophy Tampa is... Bay, they've been up the Stanley Cup. They, they've been up the front of it last night or two nights ago or something. 
that trophy gets abused and they like yeah. it's cool though um but the the lombardi trophy to me doesn't look that cool i mean it is a trophy it's fine but it, honestly it's generic looking if you said hey what should a football championship look like i know let's have like a silver like washington monument looking thing obelisk i guess and then just have it be a football at the top and i'd be like yeah that sounds about right I don't know. There's some style to it. And I, no, and honestly, I kind of think of that trophy and, and this is probably goes in, plays into your hand. Cause you already moved it down the list. Uh, the Larry O'Brien trophy for the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think those are like a similar mold, like some kind of, yeah. you know, rising up to this, to the ball of the sport. Like, I, I think they're a similar design. Um, so I don't know. I, you grow up watching these trophies get handed out. And I think that, that weighs a lot on me of just you know seeing these guys that covet these trophies so much and getting them i it, i get reminded of that but um it's not yeah. the golden hat they hand out at the end of the texas oklahoma game see that's a cooler trophy it's than not a the black lombardi black. trophy hmm? <laughs> west virginia virginia tech black black diamond trophy. yeah the black diamond trophy um and then Beamer michigan there. michigan minnesota they play for uh the little brown jug. Oh yeah, the little brown jug. Someone plays for an axe. Yeah, I think it's. You were right. I think the teams you said were right. It's Wisconsin and maybe Minnesota. Paul Bunyan's axe. I don't know. That's what the name of the trophy oh is. Um, that see that old college football game. I used to know all these because I used to just play them to try to win those trophies because it was like you had the trophy case, your virtual trophy case, and you were going for yeah. all the trophies. Um, the other one that sticks out as like that would be cool or I thought was cool at the time was the jeweled shillelagh, even though I hate USC and Notre Dame and I don't want either team to ever win it. <laughs> you don't want either team to win the trophy you think is really cool. It's a cool <laughs> trophy. I just hate both of those teams. So like whoever wins it, like I guess whoever's the underdog going in, I kind of want to win because I want both teams to not have anything to play for. I'm surprised. Was, I mean, it's the Cotton Bowl, but they play it at Dallas Cowboy Stadium, and you know Jerry Jones behind that. I'm surprised he doesn't have some gaudy, crazy-looking thing. His involvement down there, I think. Well, but like that's probably recent. any games, any bowl game played in his stadium. You think it would probably have some kind of crazy thing added to it? So. Yeah, <laughs> but that's a recent thing. Like it used to be played in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. So I mean, yeah. like it was. But well, yeah, the Red River well, it used to be the Red River shootout. It's, I don't know, Red River rivalry or whatever it is now. But see, don't you gotta be correct here. The the Golden Cowboy hat is a cool one. And then um Yeah. God, I know there's another one that I'm forgetting right now, but if you know of other other cool rivalry trophies, let us know. And you can like throw the oranges. I, that's fun. <laughs> sure. I do if think if your trophy gives give the players and people something to throw, I, I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I do think it's weird that people were. I don't know. You have like the Lombardi Trophy, right? And, and the oh my gosh, they're throwing it. You know what they do in the Stanley Cup? 
there's there's been Would terrible, terrible things done to the Stanley Cup. Oh yeah. Like people have used the bathroom in the Stanley Cup. Like not in not intentionally, but like they've had their newborns in it and then the newborn has used the bathroom <laughs> in the Stanley Cup. So like I'm just kinda like, okay, people hockey people seem to be okay with that. Why can you not be okay with like, oh my gosh, the Lombardi trophy is in the air. You know what would happen I, if the Lombardi trophy fell? It would look like the Lombardi trophy. And if it got a dent, it would add character to it. It would have a feature. I think a lot of that outrage this year, two things. One, I think people were just surprised Tom Brady was a part of it because he has that clean-cut image. He had obviously been having a really good day that day. He was cutting loose. And uh, I think a lot of that was kind of paired with the surprise of Tom Brady's behavior. I... For all the things I don't like Tom Brady for, I, I had no bother that day. He, yeah. he, he was fine. That didn't faze me. When the daughter of the person who designed the Lombardi Trophy was outraged and clutching her pearls, I, my eyes pretty high. It was definitely a big Stanley Hudson eye roll on him. Like, okay, your, your daddy designed a trophy, and now it's your job to be offended that players, how the players celebrate with it. Like, take it easy. Maybe so. he should have made it cooler, and then I would care more about it. <laughs> I don't know. The coolest one on the list. We think it's awesome that it goes all over the place and has babies defecating in it. So yeah, people drink out of it. Like, and then babies will defecate in it. So, I mean, you know, whatever happens, happens. It's cool. It's the Stanley cup. I mean, if it's, if it's a grown man in that, in the Stanley cup, I have like, that's pretty disgusting. (laughs) After having three kids, baby poop, hardly phases me <laughs> i just hope people like clean it before they put drinks in it and i know they don't i bet uh, don't don't they have the handler that delivers it to each place i bet that guy cleans it in transition to like each player getting it and all that mm, i don't know man that's a bold assumption that handler traveling with the trophy and all that so what a cool job that would be oh yeah i travel with the stanley cup that would be a really cool job. Yeah. yeah. It'd be strong. The thing's heavy. All right. What you need to know that I need that I know, or however we phrase it on this podcast, uh, the spelling bee happened, and I'm not bringing it up because I think it's a sport. I know people have argued with me in the past. Well, it's on ESPN. It must be a sport. I think that's the furthest thing from a good argument. <laughs> but the spelling bee is interesting. I used to watch it growing up. Um, I was never some kind of great speller. I never made it out of my school for a spelling bee. Um, probably didn't even stand on stage too long. Uh, but I'm always impressed that these kids can do that. I was impressed with this girl this year. Uh, looking into her, hearing about her was cool. I looked into her more. Uh, she seemed like a pretty cool kid. She's a 14-year-old girl from Louisiana. Uh, she represents the first African-American to win the trophy. Uh, there has been other... Uh, another black winner, but she was from Jamaica. Jamaica is represented in the Scripps uh, spelling bee there, as, as well as other nations close to the United States. Uh, but, uh, and I, excuse me if I pronounce the name wrong, I apologize to her. She happens to be listening. <laughs> Zinia Avant Grand? No. Avant Garde. Yep. Avant Garde. Sorry, I had to look closer. Uh, she seems pretty cool. She has a Guinness Book of World Record uh, 
she holds a spot in the Guinness Book of World Records for most bounce judges in one minute. And for me to translate for you, she's dribbling basketballs and switching. It's like a juggle dribbling. Four of them. Yeah, four basketballs, and that's the Guinness Book of World Record. I thought you were telling me to hold on. Uh, so, yeah, she's doing that four times. I, I saw her for a minute this morning on – or not Regis. Oh, my goodness. I'm dating myself. Michael and uh, Kelly. Kelly, Ryan Seacrest. She was on oh. there, and she was doing it right on camera. It was Seacrest kind of getting in her way. Uh, she seemed cool. I, I, I like that. I'm not against the other kids that have won that may not seem as cool, but this girl definitely had a lot of personality. Uh, I, I thought it was cool that she has these ties. Where she has a lot of interest in the NBA. She wants to coach in the NBA or be like some kind of brain surgeon. And she's probably better off if she goes to be a brain surgeon. She'll probably maintain employment uh, longer that way because the NBA likes to switch coaches so often. But I think it's cool uh, to see this girl that kind of breaks the mold from what we usually see in the spelling bee. The kids that, um, you know, seem like they, they give the, off the image that they're just stuck in the book and studying all day, every day. This looks like this girl has a broad range of interest. Um, and I'm sure she studies a lot and she has her head in a book all the time. She just didn't give that feeling. So I thought that was cool, uh, to see her on there, uh, you know, talented in many ways, but, uh, at the top of the world for spelling this year, she won on the word. Mur- I think it was pronounced very close to Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's spelled M-A-R-R-A-Y-A, and it's a type of tree that I've never heard of. So there you go. Yeah, um, yeah, she's actually super active. Um, as you mentioned, the Guinness yeah. Book of World Records she has, but it's not just like, oh, she can do basketball tricks. She actually plays basketball, and she actually plays fairly well. So um, yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons she's you know kind of caught as much attention post win as she has is because she has all this other stuff that she's really great at. And then, you know, you, as you said, she wants to be a brain surgeon or coach in the NBA, which, you know, power, (laughs) more power to whichever path you choose. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's awesome that she was able to win. And like you, I used to watch the spelling bee when I was younger. And now that I'm older, I just, it's on when I'm not at home. So, uh, but that doesn't mean it's any less important. We should be teaching kids that, you know, being able to spell and, and learning things is important. Um, I like just they still it show it on TV. And yes. It's only got, it's on ABC on prime time. It used to be at four o'clock on ESPN in the afternoon and you'd catch it. Now it's a prime time event. I love that they do that. Like, uh, you know, Hey kids, you could be on national TV for academics. I, I love that. I still like my girl back in the day, though, when she got the word that she knew right off. No. And she just starts screeching every letter. That, I didn't like that. That was so funny. I loved that so much. She was so excited. I did not like that. I thought that was a little too much. <laughs> Good for them, though. Good for all of them. Even the ones that, you know, I, we think this girl's cool and all. All of them. So impressive. Yeah, if to, you win a Scripps National Spelling Bee, you know, you're, you're automatically smarter than I am. So that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> And that should be, as you said, it's something we should be having kids strive for is to do well in academics and be able to, you know, be intelligent and think critically and all that. So that would be great if if we put more of an emphasis on that than some of the things we put emphasis on. So what do you know that I need to know? Oh, I don't know anything. 
Good. That's good. Well, let's get out of here. Then. Thank you all for listening to the Yak Sports Podcast this week. Uh, make sure you're following us at Yak Sports Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Emailing us at yaksportspod at gmail.com. I called out for help about coolest trophies. If, if you think of one this week or on down the road or see one, I want to be the podcast of talking about cool trophies throughout sports. So let's, uh, let's keep them coming. And so to do that, make sure you continue to listen to us and tell your friends to subscribe to us on Podbean, Google, and Spotify. Uh, just by searching the Yak Sports Podcast, Y-A-C uh, Sports Podcast, you'll find us. And we're here every week as long as Joe doesn't get sick. Uh, we're good to go. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. We got Olympics coming up. Let's kind of preview that a bit next week. We got that happening for a couple weeks. And then get into August where uh, high school football will get going. That schedule comes out this week. I'm sure we'll talk about that next week because that's what people in the area will be talking about. And that's what every week in this podcast we talk about that you, the Augusta County sports fan, care about. And we'll be back next week to do just that. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.